oh yeah, it's time to live forever, kind of. Get into a fight on a plane, delete people's selfies, and deny modern medicine of a miracle drug. Because on this episode of Geeked Up Presents Netflix and Chat, we watch The Old Guard. I'm Devin Barnes, and with me always is the Nikki to my Joe. <laughs> yo, 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 my eternal <laughs> lover, uh, <laughs> more than just a boyfriend, uh, my everything, podcast host, man, pretty much podcast host. <laughs> so what's going on, Joe? What do you know? Uh, by the way, that was, uh, I don't have him in the cast list later because I only picked up the bangers, but that was Jafar from the uh, Aladdin live action movie. Okay, nice. I mean, Joe uh, and or Nikki didn't make the cut of the cast. There's fucking four. There's only four people in this gang. You didn't have the, uh, <laughs> I, you left two of them out. I mean, yeah, I did. <laughs> but uh, welcome to the show. Thanks for tuning in. We've got a movie for you. All right. Uh, <laughs> a great Netflix, a great podcast. Anyway, as we like to say, sometimes, sometimes the, sometimes we get to five bloods and sometimes the podcast is a little bit better than the movie. I mean, yeah. I mean, if uh, uh, action fantasy movies with gaping plot holes and not so bad villains is your thing, then this is going to be a uh, Rudy. <laughs> and even by those movies, this is uh, not one of the best. But <laughs> <laughs> but we'll get into that. Thanks I mean, it's, it's called the Geeked Up Podcast. It's not like we don't ever mention uh, action fantasy movies with gaping plot holes and uh, <laughs> suspect and, and, and suspect villains. Uh, but anyway, uh, we're not opposed. However. The old guard, a little bit different, as we'll get into. Uh, Definitely uh, missed this year's Comic-Con, which we uh, covered uh, in the last episode of the Geeked Up podcast. We did a quick Comic-Con special for you guys out there, kind of covered some of the stories that uh, interested us. Oh, yeah. And some of the ones we thought might interest you. And then, of course, listen back to the last episode of Netflix and Chat, where we watched uh, a little bit of a different movie than this one. We watched Eurovision uh, Song Contest. (laughs) Again, the diverse catalog that Netflix has to offer. Uh, The Five Bloods to Eurovision to the Old Guard. However, this is like a smash hit, as we will talk about. This is a golden ticket selection uh, Mm -hmm. from you, actually. Not from, like, one of our geeks like we've been doing in the past. But because, really, in a lot of ways, this has been one of the more talked about movies, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, It has been. It has been. Uh, People said they really liked it, so I was interested in seeing it. I like a good action flick, you know, and, uh, you know, we've covered some on this one from your Spencer confidentials to the, uh, extraction. Uh, you could even say that, um, I guess in some sense that, uh, the stupid Braveheart movie was an action flick. <laughs> Outlaw King. Yeah, I mean, Outlaw, Outlaw King, War Machine, you can put them all. They're, they're all close enough. Even this one actually really re- re- reminded me a lot of the Bandit Time Loop trilogy in some ways. But uh, I, I guess you can check out all of the catalog that we discussed and a whole lot more at all of our various social medias anyway. You got Facebook, uh, uh, SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes. Check out all the Netflix and chats. As well, in addition to all those goofy, horrible ones we talked about, we got Roma, The Five Bloods, and Stranger Things Season 3, so (laughs) some stuff that you may have seen and uh, may enjoy. Uh, And Ridiculous Six, anyway. um, The Ridiculous Six. And The Ridiculous Six. But I guess uh, kind of getting into this one, too. This was a, uh, like I said, an action movie uh, starring Charlize Theron, who um, just recently kind of... um, 
had another action movie come out like a year or two ago, Atomic Blonde, where like people kind of compare that one to like the female James Bond almost. I've heard comparisons to it kind of being like the female John Wick, where she's just yes. like a badass killing machine in that movie. So and she really has kind of carved out a little bit of a niche, but as like a real action leading lady in the For last, sure. you know, 10, 15 years or whatever, really from the Italian job. You know, she's been in a lot of, like, you know, badass lady kind of roles. No, for sure. She's kind of one of those versatiles where you can, uh, she kind of does the whole thing. You know, she does the comedies. She does uh, the romance flicks. Uh, definitely the sci-fi movies. She's kind for of, sure. like... And I guess we should really tease, we kind of uh, uh, conspicuous by its absence so far on the Geek Up podcast, but a little bit later on, we're going to be getting our Charlize Theron expert to help us out with the uh, uh, some of Charlize Theron talk, and as well help us out with some of the movie talks. Right. We're going to be getting Mike Manzi, uh, of course, as you saw on the title of the episode, but Mike Manzi, of, of course, he's our resident Nick Cage expert. But as well, dabbles in Shirley's Theron expertise as well. So we'll be giving a big Shirley's uh, Theron, you know, a little closer look into her a little bit later on when we talk for with sure, fans. Sure. So. And like I was saying, it's interesting that, uh, and kind of like you were saying too, is the, just recently doing Atomic Blonde and now doing the old guard here, uh, like you said, really carving herself out as a big action star. And, uh, you know, she's amongst good company in the female, like, action star, kick-ass women. Who would you put, like, number two, I would say? Because I got a number one. I've got an obvious runaway number one, if you want me to throw it out. And I think everybody knows where I'm going. But, of course, I'm a huge M-Rod fan. Michelle Rodriguez, the definitive action female in my book. Am I wrong that, uh, that she's, like, the Statham of chicks? I would give her that. I would say she's the Statham of chicks. Um, I would say though, that's a great like, title, I, by the way. Yeah, Statham of Chicks is really a. <laughs> that's funny because I refer to Statham as our modern day Steven Seagal. So uh, <laughs> hey, that's a good one, yeah, for it's sure. A really trickle down there. Yeah, I mean, I guess two um, uh, two degrees of Steven Seagal. Michelle Rodriguez ain't doing too bad. I mean, but I mean, Charlize all the Fast and the Furious is even like Blue Crush. Like she's a little bit less diverse than Charlize. Where, you For know sure. what I mean? Like, she's done a lot of other great dramatic stuff and comedic. Michelle Rodriguez is pretty much the action, and a badass would, action chick. For sure. I mean, I, the only other two I would say, well, no, there's a few, actually. Because I would think, I'll say my top guns, the Hall of Famers for the last. But uh, someone like uh, Mila Jovovich is okay. in, like, great call. He's in all the Resident Evil movies. For sure. But I think she like she's like model. does her own stunts and shit like that as well. I think doesn't she? I think she's like a even on set really good, you know, with all this yeah. stuff. But she has yeah, you. That's a great call as well. She's really an action female uh, character. Your go to kind of just like every movie she's doing. Like if you want to think of kind of uh, kind of like Charlie Theron, where she kind of does it all, like romance and comedies, and then in action. And I got to go uh, Black Widow herself, ScarJo. ScarJo, uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, she's got the big franchise whole thing going, so she's got her face out there with that. However, I don't really think of her as much. I kind of still associate her more. First of all, I kind of more associated with just being smoking hot from back in, you know, 10 years ago when she burst on the scene. But I kind of more associate her as like a, you know, regular actress than Marvel character action actress. You know what I mean? Whereas, more of a marriage story, Scarlett Johansson. Exactly. I have a black widow, Scarlett <laughs> A little more of a short hair, much like Charlize Theron. I like my chicks with crew cuts if they're going to be doing action. <laughs> yeah. 
But another uh, uh, kind of leading lady Hollywood, you know, heavy hitter that dabbles a lot in the action, but that I kind of was going more for, like a Jennifer Garner, potentially. She as well has done some superhero stuff. But she kind of bounces around, and you're not surprised when she does, you know, if she's in an action-centric movie. Or Jennifer Lawrence as well has done some stuff. The Red Sparrow. Which what is... about uh? I'll go old school. What about uh Brigitte Nielsen? <laughs> okay, <laughs> I'm not really familiar with her outside of Flava Flav. I remember being like really confused with the whole. Yeah, but even in that, she's got like a head taller. Exactly. What was she in? Was she like uh? Was she the? Or... She was the okay. One good that call. Was... She was uh, Ivan Drago's evil yeah, fucking bitch. <laughs> Who was the chick from that movie that always got reverence when you were a kid, like the Ten or whatever? She was walking out of the beach. And every it was, it was oh, like the defense. Bo Derek, yes, okay. Bo Derek, Tommy Boy stepmom. Exactly. Oh yeah, yeah, from, yeah Tommy Boy stepmom. But <laughs> yeah, um, that's for me. That's another that's like that's reference of hotness that I totally don't get because I never saw the movie or whatever. You know what I mean? And it would sure. always get parodied when, when we were a kid, and I was like, "Who is this chick? Did she did she yeah. fucking make it to the forty? You know what I mean? Forty years old. Yeah, Sydney Crawford is hot today in uh, nineteen ninety two. I don't know why we're focusing on, but." Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I guess then to go more old school, I'm talking then, uh, and I guess this would kind of be like my Hall of Famers, but like Sigourney Weaver, obviously. Of course. On the Alien movies. uh, Yep. I mean, really one of the definitive, I'd say probably the definitive action female role and really one of the definitive action roles of all time as Alien's really one of the, and standing the test of time at this point over, you know, 20, 30 years, probably 30 years. Yeah, definitely 30 years since, maybe even 40, 35 or 40 years since Alien. And it's still like really popular on the midnight circuit and, you know, totally stands up. She's absolutely amazing. Mm -hmm. For sure. Yeah. And then, and then uh, of yeah, course, Charlie I guess Theron. the other one, let me just finish off. I'm sure you were going to be going Sarah Connor next. For... You got to say Linda Hamilton. Yeah, Obviously course. from uh, T2, though, not T1. Yeah, obviously. Uh, but, I mean, again, the really one of the definitive just action movies in general, you know, and for a female to have such a leading – I mean, Arnold is, you know, obviously carries that movie. But, I mean, Linda Hamilton's doing all the dialogue. She's, like, really the driving force of the whole movie. And for it to for go sure. down as, like, what top five action movies flat out, you know. Me too, it, all day, man. It's for amazing. sure. It's kind of what I go to in, like, my action movie, like, scenarios. And it's just a group crazy thing, too, because, like I say, like, in the first Terminator movie – she plays such a different character. She's like the victim and like running from Arnold and like the very end she crushes the head, but she's the classic like woman in danger. That's uh, true. Stereotype. Yeah. And in the second one, she's the shotgun wielding. Like, that's true, I yeah. know the going to be crazy. Badass leading like, the rebellion. Badass now. And it's like, all right. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Good, good. Good call. I'd say for me, for me, I'll kind of go to my really definitive go-to outside of Emrod, of course, my other wow. real go-to and outside of, I guess, Sigourney Weaver and Alien, like the actual specific character. But, and I know that you, uh, this had to be pretty high on your list. As uh, a big Tarantino guy and a big shout out to our recent Zoom trivia contest where I'm sure you asked something from Kill Bill and, uh, of course, Uma Thurman and really just the entire Kill Bill, especially when that came out in the early 2000s. That was really one of the headlining stories of the movie outside of it being like a weird Tarantino kung fu and RZA being on the soundtrack. It was like, you know, all of the female lead. That movie, yeah, is the, the all female lead, and it's just wild. The scene where, again, where she fights like 
the whole wild 88s or 99s or the crazy 88s yeah, yeah. or whatever. Look, it's a crazy, it's a crazy action scene. And like, and for, and again, as good, much like T2 or Alien, like as good in the genre, like as good as any movie and just a flat out amazing oh, movie yeah. that happens to be starring a female and happens to be female centric, but really at the end of the day, very inconsequential to the movie. You know what I mean? Because it's an amazing movie. And like when it started, it was maybe a headline that Uma Thurman was like, Uma Thurman, act, badass action lead. Like what? And then it turns yeah, out at right. the end of the day, it's just an all time great movie. You know, I guess we can even stick with another big Tarantino because Tarantino had the whole grindhouse project with Robert Rodriguez and really yeah, both yeah, yeah. of those movies were very female centric where of course who was it Kurt Russell was the bad guy in Death Proof but that was Rosario Dawson and all the chicks really carrying that it was that was like a real yeah. Tarantino movie dialogue all carried by chicks you know absolutely yeah that was a whole I guess for you in that aspect too I would say uh a group of women who are maybe not movie action stars, but I guarantee action stars in your eyes, Liam. And of course, I'm talking about the gorgeous ladies of wrestling. Uh, <laughs> uh, lots of uh, sensational Sherry and Miss Elizabeth <laughs> and all of the. Uh... And also, that's the show now that that's big. With show Mark Maron's on, right? Uh, Glow, yeah, Mark Maron. Yeah, I've never Glow. actually watched it, man, and I'm really disappointed because I'm sure it's funny. The professional wrestling world is a hilarious world to take have a fucking comedy show take place in. But uh, yeah. I have not really watched that. I guess for some hilarious comedy ones, though, I can give you... I did watch Tank Girl back yeah, in the sure. early 90s. So I'm, going tank, I'm throwing Tank Girl out there. And then uh, uh, an, uh, another hilarious one just for being like... Really uh, uh, bad and cheesy, but the whole Angelina Jolie Tomb Raider live sure. action movie that I guess was like a real success, the whole Laura Croft franchise. She's another one that's done a ton of action films. I mean, she did Salt, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Smith. That's true. All, like, She's a pretty movies. good action, action lead. But um, that movie, I was a term, uh, you know, uh, Tomb Raider was obviously a huge game for PlayStation. I was I didn't have PlayStation, so I didn't have the game necessarily, but that was a huge game. And then uh, I remember not being familiar with the game when I saw the movie. Okay, so maybe that hurt. But I remember seeing that in theaters potentially on opening weekend <laughs> and oh being like absolutely disgusted with my stupid friends for thinking that it was a good idea to go see the fucking Tomb Raider movie. But hilarious. I did have the game. I played it on the original PlayStation. I had the first one and there's a, there was always this rumored thing that like, this is going to sound really weird, but the little like 2d pixelated Laura Croft in the game, there was always this rumor that at the beginning of the game, she's you're like in her mansion and there was always a rumor that, like, if you did the right combo or buttons or had her, like, walk into one room and then go in the pool and, like, walk into another room, you'd see her naked. And uh, <laughs> Sounds like a very adolescent rumor to spread, like, wildfire all across the world. I like, uh, a couple hours. But I'm like, right, there's got to be bullshit. Right? Yeah. I mean, again, pre-internet days, a, uh, a a virtual Laura Croft naked on your PlayStation screen oh, would have been come in here. I'm pretty... Pretty epic. For me, I was more of a leisure suit Larry kind of guy, of course. The <laughs> original porn computer game that I've oh, yeah. only heard of in Legend, but I'm sure some fucking, I'm sure some creeps jerked off to it, though. Leisure suit Larry, then. If you don't get laid in, like, the first, like, 48 hours, your character dies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ah, oh, the Legend. <laughs> 
So I guess that's a good one to end it on. Leisure suit, Larry. <laughs> a nice respecting, uh, yeah. All the good a nice respectful to conversation about women in a, a film leading up, of course, to Leisure Suit Larry. All of them hail in comparison to Leisure Suit Larry, however, of course. Uh, <laughs> with all due respect to Michelle Rodriguez, but she's no Leisure Suit Larry, that's to be sure. Uh, so I guess. You know, that'll get us into uh, talking about this leading action star lady, though. In this movie, we'll give uh, the old guard the old IMDb rundown. So the old guard is rated. Did you uh, look it up or what are you thinking? TVMA or? Uh... I'm thinking I, I think I saw this one again. Now that I've moved to Roku, I'm getting the live and direct R rating without any interference. So, but again, just for conversation, for our minds, that usually means that it had a little bit more of a theatrical release in mind or a little bit more serious of a release in mind. Upon... That's what we're thinking. Who knows? At this point. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you're right. It's right at R. It has a runtime of uh, two hours and five minutes. Um... Any, any, any more, any longer would have been a fuck, would have been a lot worse. I'll give him that much. So. Yeah. Would have hated it being a little shorter, but it's all good. It's all good. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's categorized as a action adventure fantasy movie. Um, like we said, this is a new one, so it was just released on July tenth, two thousand twenty. Hot um, off the presses. Oh yeah! But before I give you the synopsis, Liam, what are we thinking that Rotten Tomatoes rating is? Oh, good call. I mean, going to be vastly shifted by the mere fact that we're doing this episode in part, like we said, because it was very popular and got a lot of chatter. So I'm going to go, uh, the audience has it in the 80s, maybe. I'm going to give it a solid 80 for the audience. Okay, okay. Uh, if you were a critic, you would be correct. 81% from the critics, uh, 71% from the audience. Wow, the critics like this one more than the peeps? Yeah. It's uh, always yeah, a shocker. Fresh film. Maybe. Fresh, a fresh film. So the synopsis of this fresh film is that a, uh, covert team, a covert team of immortal mercenaries are suddenly exposed and must now fight to keep their identity a secret. <laughs> kind of? Yeah, that's really not exactly what I would go with. Yeah. I, the, their I identity that. being exposed was a very little part of the plot line, really, I would say. Isn't it yeah. like a group of immortals try to save the world from fucking mani- from stereotypical maniac scientists? <laughs> like, isn't that the... Greedy immortals won't share the secret of life with normal people. <laughs> uh, I guess yeah, that's no another problem. angle. That's another politic in this politically divisive world of ours. That's another. Uh... Yeah. But yeah, no, I mean the in real in reality, the identity saving factor was uh, in my mind not really as much of a leading plot line. But all right. yeah, I mean, well, I mean they kind of do it with her like deleting the selfie. And yeah, yeah, for it. sure. Which, again, is so fucking stupid. <laughs> like, oh, can I do that for you? Like, how mean, many wouldn't you be pissed, kind of, if somebody did that on your phone? Is, is that? We'll talk about... Yeah. Well, I guess we can yeah, break, yeah. Uh, 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 get sure. into it before we do our breakdown. But does that break some type of, hey, can you take my picture, please, etiquette? If they start fucking erasing pictures like that are in there? Sure. Because if one thing, uh, the girls are going to look at that picture immediately and, like, swipe back and be like, hey, lady, did you delete the selfie we took? Yeah, yeah. And, too, like, she took a while before she took their picture. She was like... <laughs> I'd be like, hey, what are you doing? Fucking give me my phone back. Hey, aren't you that lady from that Civil War picture? My grandpa's house? <laughs> we'll get into all of that in a. Uh... <laughs> um, 
But I guess uh, the director is someone I wasn't really familiar with, uh, Gina Prince Bythewood. Uh, she's directed a lot of TV. The only movie I recognize of hers that she directed was uh, a Love and Basketball. Okay, was that, that with was that with Leo? Oh, uh, uh, okay. no, 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 that's Basketball Diaries. Okay, yes, I see. Love and Basketball. Love I don't think I'm familiar with this one. With, with Wesley like Snipes, Omar, you said? Omar Epps. Oh, Omar Epps. And I think like I want to say Gabriel Union, but I might be totally wrong on that. Okay, I think but I missed this one somehow. It's like a love story, like. They play basketball. It's not like Basketball Diaries, a fucking heroin overdose <laughs> halfway through this uh, late. Uh, that movie, I know we're not talking about it, but if I had a podcast of most overrated movies of all time, Basketball <laughs> Diaries is the top of the fucking list, dude. Wow. Of course I go. Goodwill Hunting. So we, uh, uh, Matt Damon and Leo head to head once again. But... <laughs> yeah, 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 honestly. Um, anyway, note to self. Great idea for a game time. <laughs> yeah, seriously. But, uh, back to it. Uh, the cast of this movie, like we said, Charlie Theron plays Andy. I only did four for the cast. Uh, Kiki and none Lane, of the actual immortal gangs, apparently. As Charlie I guess Theron they were all like uh, international actors. Kiki they, Lane plays Niall, the uh, new member of the group. The okay, Marine. so yes. Uh, the only other big actor in this movie, I would say, would be uh, Shiwetel Ijefor, who plays Copley. Who, of course, like, uh, is an actor you see a lot. He had this big Oscar nomination in uh, 10 Years a Slave. Okay. Was, uh, so he was the only other big actor I know is that. The only other person I wanted to uh, mention is uh, actor Harry Melling, who plays Merrick. Merrick essentially is, like, the lead villain of the film. Yes. Uh, now, this was a so real headliner for me, me of too. course. Because, to me, I watched him. And I was like, where do I know this little weaselly goblin-faced fuck from? And then uh, I looked it up, and he was uh, Dudley from the Harry Potter series movies. (laughs) Like, mean stepbrother that's always giving him shit. I was like, I knew I recognized that goofy bastard. But he was a kid, obviously, in Harry Potter. So he was like a 12-year-old back then, and now he's... He's however old. He's grown up to be the exact same character, but... uh, Grown up to turn into, like, a goblin. I was like, dude, how does nobody cast this guy as like some kind of monster? <laughs> well, I mean, kind of he has been in some ways, where's where where my headline comes from. But I was shocked because this is the dude that plays the armless, legless Thespian from the Ballad of Buster Scruggs shorts. Like the guy with Liam that Liam Neeson yes. throws off the cliff. That was this fucking guy. And literally, I was like, thought that he had no arms and legs in that fucking middle. You know what I mean? Like, I just th- figured the Coen brothers found some fucking torso that was an amazing actor. And it turned out to be this kid. But... You thought it was like the same guy from Kids running around the skateboard? I have no legs guy, exactly. But, uh, so major wow. development there. Yeah, no, but in all honesty, I mean, I, uh, uh, just kind of joking, but that guy did an amazing job in the Ballad of Buster Scruggs. And yeah. then seeing him now was, uh, uh like, oh, dude, finally, I'm, I'm, you know, happy this guy parlayed that into something, but I guess he's a child actor anyway, so. Good to see his face out there. Arms and legs that the good Lord gave him. Wow, that's wild, dude. Uh, forget Dudley. That's all I can see now. Is, uh, <laughs> Yeah, that was just from last year and another Netflix so this guy I think much like Sandler has a, has a Netflix contract obviously absolutely absolutely uh, and I guess with that that's the IMDB breakdown of this movie I guess that would bring us into our official rundown of uh, the old guard 
And I guess the uh, movie starts off where it kind of does that thing that we've seen in a lot of movies where it starts off from like a center point or in this case, even a beginning point in the film where it shows them all dead, right? Like laying there all dead, the whole team. And I think Charlie Theron's narrating like, how many times has this happened? Oh, yeah, yeah. My first, uh, my first note, uh, uh, Bandit Time Loop Trilogy? Question mark, question mark, question. I was like, uh-oh, are we... Uh, We've already done the time warp again on the Netflix and chat show, like we've mentioned, but and I guess kind of a time loopy kind of situation, a little bit, but immortality uh, anyway. Yeah, correct. I guess not really time loop at all, but <laughs> but kind of. I mean, it's the same thing. You keep seeing them die and come back. Yeah, yeah, or, yeah. I don't know because. Uh, so I guess the movie starts with uh, Charlie Theron's uh, walking around some like. Like some village, I guess. Third world country, I don't want to say, but... Uh, a marketplace in Marrakesh. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> kind of a third world country, but also one of the most... Uh, also the cradle of civilization yeah. and one of the most amazing... But yeah, <laughs> She somehow haggled her uh, her way into a first edition of Don Quixote at a marketplace in Marrakesh, so... Correct, she's quite the correct. barterer. But uh, she meets up with someone from her team, and they're talking, and... Uh, they, she meets up with the whole team. You kind of find out that she just came back from like a year vacation, which is a, uh, very strange thing for a movie. The rest of the movie, they fucking really emphasize the importance of them all sticking together. And they're like, how was your year off? (laughs) But also, I mean, it's like there, you know, it also kind of gets painted that she's lived for thousands of years. I don't know if it's a spoiler alert to get in, but it's like really in this landscape of time, a year is really nothing to these fuckers. Also, when they're only supposed to be banding together when there's like huge mass tragedy to overcome. It's like, shouldn't you guys always be taking like chunks of years off before you... You know, it's like, when was the last mission? Black Hawk Down? All right, now fucking, all right. 20 years later, we'll reunite for a nice Sudanese raid. Ever, tragedy ever takes a vacation there, pal. All right. Uh, <laughs> they're always on. Well, okay, yeah, I'll bring this up later, too, because that kind of goes into their strange powers, too, besides of just their Wolverine powers. But uh, <laughs> the team meets up. They're getting a job from a CIA agent to uh, our next CIA agent, Copley, played by... She would tell Isha Ford. Um, and I guess they're going to raid some people that like kidnapped a bunch of children, if I remember correctly, right? So they all prep up for this job. You see that they're all badass. They all have swords for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> Another, Very, I, think, I think my second note, why, why are there swords in this movie? <laughs> yeah, why? why? They're using, I don't know. So and the thing they too, literally they have like high-powered machine guns, and then like all right, I've got a, a banana clip, a seven hundred <laughs> round banana clip check, fucking you know double thing. gauge automatic rifle check, sigh check. They're, they're all <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Raphael style, yeah. fucking little uh, stupid pirate knives. All right, I'm ready to go into. Um, well, that's the thing, too, is they have all these quiet weapons, like you're saying, and they sneak in, like, they start killing all the outside people, and then when they get to the door of, it looks like a pretty easy door to kick in. They don't have a guy that can pick locks, they just throw, like, a giant loud explosion on there. It's like, they don't have are- a big galoop like every other group of four superheroes that have the yeah. big asshole to fucking kick the but door so down and, uh... Pick locks. <laughs> But they uh, blow the door open. They go into a room. They realize the whole thing's set up. They uh, get gunned down. They come back to life. 
straight up Wolverine style, and then they uh, kill all the uh, people that killed them. Realizing there's no little girls or children, that there's a camera watching them, they realize that Copley has betrayed them. They uh, now realize that, which was kind of an obvious setup when they were when when they did much like the Five Bloods when they did the initial meeting. You kind of had the feeling that this was not to be trusted. And again, this is the second time already that you've brought up Wolverine real quick. But much unlike my thoughts in the Avengers Endgame, I really could have used a Wolverine reference in this movie. You know, considering since it was like the contemporary real life world of 2020, theoretically, and they have these crazy powers. You think one of them would have said like, kind of like Wolverine. Like when they explained it to Niall, they would have been like, oh, come on, you know, like you're like Wolverine. You've got animantium in your veins or, oh, it could have been a funny little comic relief moment. Unlike, Something but, like that. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I digress because it's, it's it's impossible Even to not draw line, a world. It's impossible to not draw been, a Wolverine connection, and you know the I mean? line that would have been perfect is when they finally like recruit Niall and she realizes that she has it. When they explain it to her, all she had to do is be like, "You mean like Wolverine?" Exactly. One hundred percent. The other thing though that you just said, and it's really uh, pointless trivia, but I'm going to point it out anyway, is that you said is like obviously a modern movie in 2020. This movie either takes place actually in 2019 or 2023 or 24, because when you look at her, when you look at Niall's phone at one point, it says Sunday, April 21st, and that could only be in either 2019 or like 2023. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. I uh, I did some research. Now, do you think that was maybe just like a logistical overlook by them, or do you think- 100%. 100%. Okay. <laughs> so this is kind of like if that uh, uh, the Ice Cube Today Was a Good Day song, if you do all of the math of when the Lakers played the Sonics, and there was like, there's literally a day that they have like that pinpointed down to. That, oh, the, today is a good day? Yeah, there's yeah. an exact day. Okay. They have like the exact day where the Lakers beat the Sonics, and like a bunch of the other references also came true. 100%. Um, I guess, though, bringing up Nile is because while the team is now betrayed, they're like, oh, we have to go find Copley and, like, stay underground or people will figure out who we are. Um, it also cuts to uh, the, uh, all, <laughs> the all-women the all Marine squad in Afghanistan hunting a terrorist. <laughs> who, uh, Doing an equally uh, badass job than the immortal superheroes, might I add. But Yeah, yeah, yeah. The classic uh, Nile. Well, Nile is the... The Marine with these guys, they capture like, this terrorist, and then much like 1917, after they have the guy subdued, he just like stabs. Yeah. Her, or 1916, just stabs her in the throat. For sure. Like, oh, be on your game, fool. Like, what are you doing? It's 2023. Didn't you see uh, 1917 a couple years ago? <laughs> it was fucking won the Oscar. What are you? But um, so she dies, and then the group on the train, like, I guess the group, our immortal group, now on a train and they all wake up from a dream of this girl dying meaning that not only are they have wolverine powers they also have like a psychic bond mm-hmm. for some reason right to the they, other immortals yeah right with each other so basically charlie Theron's like we haven't had one of these in 200 years uh you guys go find copley i'm gonna go recruit her okay so she recruits the girl like you know she breaks her out of the marines or whatever shoots her in the head, watches her come back to life. What I was kind of of confused about the uh, Marine whole thing is why was everybody like all of the Marines 
and especially the one girl whom at first tried to help save her, her other, like, uh, uh, you know, Marine partner, why were they also, like, disgusted? I know they would be weirded out, but wouldn't they be like, dude, this is amazing. How did you heal? Yeah. And be a lot, like, they were very, like, skeptical and, like, like it was almost right. like that they knew there was this ability in some people and they looked down their nose at, oh, like, oh, she's one of those immortal assholes, bitch. Yeah, exactly. Like, they were, like, looking down their nose. They're like, yesterday you had your throat slit and today you're fine. Like, psh, something's weird with you. You know, like, why are they being catty to her? Nobody was talking to her on the bus. Like, they should have been like, Jesus Christ, this is amazing. You're fucking no, exactly. doing sit-ups at an point. amazing rate right now. This is crazy. If this was, like, which they're ripping off, like an X-Men movie, then it would make total sense. They're like, oh, she's a mutant. Yeah. Fucking, you hate them. Exactly. But yeah, you're right. So at the point, I kind of thought it was like that, like an X-Men movie, where they're just like, okay, I guess we're living in a world where there are mutants that are, you know, but, I don't know. Yeah. Because but, uh, the whole yes. thing is getting discovered by the camera and them all knowing each other, too. Like, we're a very close... Don't worry, Copley's going to tie up all the loose ends and it'll never be... Uh, none of the other Marines will ever mention the miraculous thing that happened with this fucking bitch when her throat got slit and recovered the next day. Oh, no, we had to drop a bomb on that whole thing. <laughs> yeah, like... Don't worry, I'm going to put up some paperwork to give to her mom and it'll be a little... Yeah. Um, but I guess with that, too, uh, when she now meet, teams up with Charlie Theron and... Uh, they kind of explain, kind of explain what they are, and you kind of get a history about them, about how, you know, they're immortal, they can't die. Well, kind of they can. Sometimes you die. Yeah. Just when die. it's convenient for the plot, for at the end of the movie, when we really need something to happen, we can conveniently yeah. die then. But up until then, and we're then totally fine. Also, find out she still gets dreams. I guess they kind of explain it, because when they're not with each other, They'll dream about someone. So then she was dreaming about the girl that keeps getting drowned. So you find out about that. And like Quinn, who is her long lost. And I guess we also find out that Charlize Theron is literally like thousands of years old. Dating yeah, to like the ancient the mongrels and shit like that. And the first immortal that was her uh, 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 lesbian lover, potentially, slash immortal yeah. warrior partner. I'm not quite sure where that relation yeah. was, was going to. But she was uh, – uh, they got burned in the Salem witch trials and instead of – and she got like you know tossed in the bottom of the ocean and had been trapped in a cage at the ocean for – you know, the last fucking yeah. 700 years or whatever. Which is wild because they've all still been dreaming about her every night, getting drowned to death. In the thousands and thousands and thousands of years they've been alive, they couldn't pinpoint, like, Jesus Christ, the fucking, they figured out what day it is to have a good day from fucking <laughs> yeah, seriously. Ice they couldn't have, like, stolen some fucking submarine. <laughs> yeah, seriously. You'd have a decent idea. Get of, the like, Somalian pirates on the case. They'd have that fucking. They'd have that chick t- tore up in two like, minutes. They would know like what. Yeah, they no, exactly. Those boats were running back in the day. You know what I mean? Like, for sure, for sure. That's uh, somewhere by fucking Salem, anyway. <laughs> you know, yeah. like can't be too far. It's fucking. You literally have all the time in the world to find your friend. <laughs> yeah, like so. They literally so said like we looked for like a couple decades, and then yeah, I mean, we had to move on seven hundred yeah, years. <laughs> we had to move on for the last six hundred and fifty years. You know, it's been. It just got boring. <laughs> <laughs> so you find out about that. You find out that they can die, uh, and then I guess you also see that Copley isn't really the main bad guy. He's also working for Merrick, who's like. The head of, like, a big pharma, you would say, uh, corporation that's, uh, he wanted to, he's working on a drug to, like, make people not die, expand human life, get rid of uh, Alzheimer's. Yeah. Uh, he 
bad about these people. He wants to use their DNA. Sure, he went about it in bad ways, but like in the end, I want that drug. <laughs> you know, they you didn't know really do a good job at establishing his purposes being totally batshit and evil. Because you're right. At the end of the day, like his end justification was actually totally fine. His means yeah. were, but like they could have just ma- like take like the extra step to make him his intentions and that I'm only going to give it to my family and I'll live forever and the world will suffer. Like that's yeah, all they exactly. needed. You know what I mean? Like, but uh, like, no, he was really though, basically just stereotypical science uh, fiction playing God science, this villain, you know yes. what I mean? And uh, of course, greedy corporate, you know, money first, but he was like, really just like, I'm going to get really rich when I save the world as opposed to like, I'm going to like how it works. Because, like, his whole plan is, like, steal their blood and DMA or samples. But, like, it's like, dude, we're having psychic dreams. Like, we're magic. It doesn't fucking work like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's some kind of magic because... Also, dude, again... They're talking about if I have to carve you up for the next couple of years, I'll do. These guys have been fucking immortal for thousands of years. If they could sacrifice five years of getting like fucking what would uh, amount to like a, a daily shot and then save the world, like they're really doing a good thing. Considering you've been immortal for the last thousand years, <laughs> so, exactly. Like three years of getting your finger chopped off to fucking save the world is really who? Exactly. Exactly. That's my whole point, Merrick is the unsung hero of this movie. <laughs> um, but so Copley then, like, goes through this And Copley plan. is just an idiot, because it was one of those, like, did you not realize that this guy was... He was playing the... Like, at first they established that he was kind of an evil guy, and now they're trying to backtrack and be like, well, can you believe what Merrick is doing? Yeah, I can believe it. I, I've seen a science fiction movie with a fucking creepy scientist before. Like, this... yeah, Have you not looked at this guy's face? <laughs> yeah, I know. Clearly a villain. Uh, yeah, that's the whole thing, too. Copley's wife died was his big tragic story. Then my wife died. I'm like, oh, all right. <laughs> You're not even kids? Yeah. Wife? <laughs> uh, but, uh, so Copley and the team kidnaps uh, two members. He definitely uh, gets um, Joe and Nikki kidnapped, right? Who I guess I had in my notes at some point. Are these two gay? Like, are they... They haven't really... They've showed them snuggling, I think, but they haven't really referred well, to it until the right capture. Right introducing each other to Niall. I mean, it could be a best friend thing. I was definitely picking up a Devin and Liam vibe there, but uh, <laughs> once they... Uh, <laughs> once they uh, go a little further, describe it, because they get kidnapped. You find out not only are they a couple, but... Uh, no, Jafar is pretty into old uh, Joe. Yeah. He's got a very poetic way to fucking say it. I mean, he's really he's a fucking Hallmark card. This guy, but... like, is the the is the guys in the van after they kidnap him who are like, ew, it's like just like those like those jockey guys in the movie. Yeah. Like, you guys are gay, gross. <laughs> I know. I like to think that like, all right, hold on a second. You guys have been alive for thousands of years. Known each other the whole time. That's the thing, too. Like, we used to battle each other in the Crusades. Like, these people are so rare than, like, two of them in, like, the same town. We're like, yeah. oh, uh. <laughs> and then decided to date this whole time. It's like, come on, dog. <laughs> Dude, Charlize Theron's been third wheeling for the last fucking 700, we- uh, 700 years. Like, I feel for her. But then, uh, so, Copley kidnaps the two of them. Two of them. The, uh, Charlize Theron, Niall, and the other guy who didn't get caught. All decide to go try and rescue him. You find out that Niall's like, look, I can spend a little more time with my family. I'm out. Uh, so Charlie's there. And the other guy go to confront Copley. 
Nile figures out that the other guy was a traitor. The guy shoots Charlie Theron in the stomach. You kind of find out that she's not healing anymore. Well, Booker kind of set her up, though. The other yeah, guy exactly. turned uh, Charlie the... Theron in to yeah. Copley because now he's going to be complicit with the whole thing. Kind of like Devin's saying. He's like, look, this, they can do good. And also this guy is trying to kind of find a way out of his immortality. He's like, look, this sucks. We don't die. We're not doing anything. I don't want to fucking be alive for another thousand years, tagging along, third wheeling with fucking Joey and Nick fucking holding hands everywhere across the planet. You know what I mean? So, like, let's just fucking find a way out of this. Like, I think this guy can not only save all immortals, but actually help us as well. And that's the other thing, too, with stupid Merrick, I guess, because if this guy, the traitor, just wanted to go turn himself in and be like, yeah, I help you. But Merrick's like, I need every one of them. It's like, yeah. no, you don't. I know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what are you need? talking about? And the what other big want? gaping plot hole here, however, is Copley, who, if it's a setup with Booker, they also know that Booker's bringing Niall so they should know that Niall, like, when Niall shows up at the end, they're like, there's another one? Yeah, didn't Booker tell you when there was the big setup with Niall? Uh, uh, with fucking uh, Sh- uh, Charlize Theron? So it made yeah. no sense that Niall was this, like, mystery immortal. Because they had Booker no. working on the inside. So... That's such a good point. I didn't even think of that, but yeah, duh. <laughs> oh, and there's a new one, too, now. Yeah. Who well... is this one? Merrick's crazed, like, obviously another immortal, stupid, like... You watched her get fucking shot 15 times. I mean, it's... But they all get kidnapped. The whole gang's now kidnapped. Charlie Theron's no longer immortal because she's, you know, bleeding out, I guess. Uh, Much like Eleven uh, in season three of Stranger Things, her power has yeah. been nerfed at the most yeah. inconvenient of times. Correct. Uh, Niall comes back, confronts Copley. Uh, Copley is like, oh, and like shows him the dumbest way ever. He's like, who are you? And she's like, and then shoots herself in the foot. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Like, what you just blow his head off. Like, what are you doing? What's yeah. the eat? Or just tell him, like, hey, I'm one of them. Like, fucking, all right? <laughs> Plus, that's uh, a hypothetical question, because you know who I am, because yeah. <laughs> you've <laughs> seen me right? fucking with my immortal powers, so I know you don't literally then, mean who am I, but... Here's another thing that kind of, like, I thought was whack, was that Copley then kind of shows uh, Niall, like, the whole... Uh, things that have done throughout history but a lot of the things they did throughout history like affected people years later he was like they saved this person and then in a hundred years that guy's grandson cured like malaria and i was like wait is that one of their powers too like they know who they're saving yeah i mean it was definitely like a butterfly effect part of the but whole like, do they know that or were they just like no his grandfather i mean i think that they're like instinctually drawn i think they're like deities or whatever like whatever they do it will ripple out into something was kind of the that's point the you know like what another i mean thing they never really talk about at all it's like for so sure they are like angels i guess or like what the fuck are they because like for everything sure. they do is like we have to be immortal warriors even in the beginning of the movie charlie staron's <laughs> like have you watched the news lately it's pretty wild out there yeah 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 it's gonna be a crazy week i mean they are definitely setting up them kind of as like uh you know, almost modern age superheroes to the effect where they're like going, like I said earlier, they're going to like Sudan when there's crazy guerrilla tragedies going on and like specific isolated crazy situations they try to defuse and whatnot. So they are kind of like a band of 
guerrilla militia, you know. That's right. But they're not really – Kind of like mercenaries, people. so to speak, you know, for, for sure. hire because they are getting paid for this as well. So. And they are getting hired because it's not like they're magically like drawn to these situations. For sure, yeah. Like they're taking jobs from Copley. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, that's like, true. Because, they literally I mean, negotiated like, the terms of the steel, fucking. For sure. Like, so then they get to the uh, – Niall goes, rescues them all, and again, in like the dumbest way – where like she first breaks in with like a machine gun behind her back and the whole people are like freed what's behind your back and she's just like gun yeah. and, like, like, and then lets herself get gunned down and then plays yeah. dead for 10 minutes before popping why up and come around the corner firing yeah. off popping off dude. Like, at this point, probably because we've we haven't even mentioned one of the it's no extraction with like the eight hundred kills or whatever, but there was a, a a lot of fucking just like quick battle sequences where fifteen people would die. Charlize Theron lopped off eight heads with a single sword swipe at one point, and there was a sure. lot of blood and death, like probably close to a hundred, uh, a body count of probably upward of a hundred by the end of the movie. You know, correct. There is a, a lot of uh, innocent security working for the uh, medical <laughs> yes. company that just got exactly. murdered by these immortals. Much like, like Extraction, Devin brings up a good point. Like Half of these people are just senselessly killed by Shalise Theron because she's a blood-hungry yeah, bitch, basically. Like, hey, look, my daughter's sick, and this mayor guy says he's going to make a miracle drop. And also, I guess another you. thing we'll get into that you kind of talked about, but they do show the very hacky Shirley's Theron and the gang throughout history while they were, oh, yeah. like, in the Civil War being immortal badasses. And it was just a very not... Like, I get where they were going for. <laughs> However, poorly executed to where it really... And specifically the Civil War picture. There's just something that about it do. that was so the stupid. Where Charlie Theron is dressed in like a Civil War Union soldier's outfit, <laughs> yeah. my jaw hit the fucking ground, dude. Because it's like, there's also written history of like the Civil War. We like know of the hundreds of Civil War heroes and stories. If there was some immortal chick warrior, fucking musketing in everybody with death, with, with like not using her musket, using her random axe that she's brought through eternity, it would have made the uh, uh, history documentary by now. For somebody that's fucking deleting selfies, she sure is posing for a lot of fucking pictures throughout history. <laughs> you know what I mean? Great call. Half of that board is like her and the gang cheesing it up in like old yeah. black and white photos. Like, it reminded me a lot, dude, of In the Shadows. Yeah. That vampire show that we've that I've been watching, you've had already watched. I've been watching it over uh, quarantine. But when they show, and that's like a goofy comedy show that they'll show fucking uh-huh. stupid uh, uh, fucking Nandor dressed up in like his '80s punk gear, and it's hilarious. Yeah. But this was like a. It reminded me too much of Nandor than fucking anything <laughs> like real, you know. That's very true, man. That's very true. So I guess to kind of just putting all that bullshit aside, uh, now comes in, they uh, beat the villains. Uh, and another thing, too, where, like, there's a scene towards the end where, like, they're going to, like, the final hoorah, and uh, 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 Niall's like, I'll go through first. I'm immortal still. And Charlie Theron's like, no, no, no. I always go through first. It's like, fuck you, you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I'll be the leader of this band after you die today. Like, If you want. Yeah. And then uh, the one guy comes swinging through the window, and they do definitely emphasize the scene where uh, they're both, like, leaning against the open window and, like, looking down. And I was like, oh, who's going out that window? I thought, to me, that the big ending, which would have made sense, I thought the big ending was going to be Charlie Theron was going to jump out of the window with Merrick. For sure. Then, like, oh, 
oh, she's dead. And at the end, you like see her hand move or something or like she sits up. Or even not. Just like have her kind of killed off to give a little bit of stakes and gravity to this whole movie at the end where you felt like, oh, wow, that was a weird twist. That was like a a big moment that I didn't see coming that like now. Wow. And then you can always bring her back because she has this fucking more. You know what I mean? But it was just like, yeah, you're right. They totally I was expecting the same thing. You know what I mean? And I think I totally missed the boat by having kind of like what you were saying. I was thought she was going to jump out, but I thought maybe the end it was going to like show her eye open and like the morgue or something. Be like, oh, yes. A very, like a very that. teenage Ninja Turtle ending where Shredder's <laughs> fist, Shredder's fist, fucking... <laughs> exactly that. But instead, Niall jumps out of the window with him, which is still a fun scene to watch. You know what I mean? It reminded me of the Eminem stand video, where there, <laughs> or no, the uh, what's what video was it with Eminem? I sit back with this back. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, fucking hilarious. So. uh... I guess they beat the villains. They throw America out of a window. Uh, 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 the traitor of the group, well, I forget his name. Book. They, uh, Booker. Yeah. They banish him for a hundred years. And they're also like very quick to forgive them. They're just like, all right, look, man, you're going to fight with us now, even though you turned us all in. He's like, hell yeah, guys. I'm yeah. Like, yeah. You, have to, you have to stand in front. because. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. I mean, I was a little uh-huh. torn about that though, because as well as like, there's only fucking four of them on Earth. Like, what are they gonna, like, you know? They kind of, yeah, yeah. they kind of bond together. They kind of have to like overlook his uh, mistake. You know what I mean? But yeah. dude, plus like, oh, I'm so because they, they ban him for a hundred years. And it's like, all right, guys, have a good time dreaming about me the next hundred years. <laughs> yeah, seriously. I'm gonna make it real weird. And also, dude, it's like, all right, sweet. So I can just go do whatever. I, I don't have to go to like Sudanese villages. I can use my immortality on like fucking. Uh, for sure. I'm like, plus, I'm going to make it real weird. Get ready to see my dick for the next hundred years. Because, know, for uh, going to be driving a motorcycle very fast and having <laughs> sex with lots of chicks without condoms on because there ain't nothing you can do to me. Uh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So enjoy those dreams. Yeah. Also, I guess somebody else that they were, like, very forgiving of, too, was uh, Copley. Very so forgiving of Copley. I mean, they're like, dude, you made this great uh, diorama of us, and now uh, that's true. Will you be our leader, based exclusively on the shoebox diorama that you made of my yeah. uh, violence through the years. Like, We're willing to Charlie. You know, he totally was the mastermind of the big plot to turn Kodum. Was too stupid to realize that Ma- that Merrick was an evil scientist gone too far, and yet still they're willing to make him the uh, uh, Favreau of this Avengers gang. Yeah, he's the Professor X. Yeah. Sure. Uh, so the movie kind of ends there, but real just quick- really dying to set up a franchise, which we'll get into in our kitschy sure. questions in a, a segment with Mans in a minute. But well, really, they were going because- out of their way to not only set up a sequel, but let you know that this has franchise potential. It ends with Copley, yeah, being that, but not only then, it does the classic MCU more or less post-credit scene where they're like six months later and who enough shows up to the uh, traitor of the group the girl that's been drowning for the last like yeah i think you and i were talking earlier and both of our notes it was like what point did she show up definitely going to be a yeah the last thing in my notes was no quen uh no quen question mark exclamation but you're right and we've talked about it before with netflix because of like the next movie starting in 10 seconds and everybody just turning it off they can't do post-credit scenes so this was Correct. definitely, like, this should have been a post-credit, and it was a hilarious, like, way too quick after the movie ended. They had to shoehorn it in there. 
You know what? That's a great point, though, because I didn't even consider the fact of, like, of course this is a post-credit scene. But, yeah, you're right. There is no credits in, uh, in that I think it kind of came up in the Bandersnatch, where you kept on watching for the next two hours. And I was like, well, the credits are on. I'm fucking pressing pause. And my, or I'm pressing stop. And my movie yeah, was, I, like, 45 minutes, and yours was two and a half hours. So, uh, And there was still talking to Shizon from the Zoom chat. There's still an ending that I missed. <laughs> yeah, that's right. He watched like all four hours of that fucking thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I guess that's it. Uh, that would be the big breakdown, our rundown of the movie. Like we said, a lot of goofy, I mean, decent action scenes, a lot of goofy uh, plot holes. I guess one thing we didn't mention, though, too, is the uh, the soundtrack for this movie was very like, who's picking these songs for these actions? <laughs> Uh, it reminded me of like a dumber version of uh, Scarface because like the soundtrack of Scarface is like hilarious. Like he's chainsawing somebody. It's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, for really? sure. Some 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 ill some ill timed Frank Ocean going on in dramatic yeah. scenes, but so, I guess that's how ladies yeah. like to battle. You know, they uh, <laughs> they get in that mellow mind frame, but but I guess that's we'll give our big review. In a uh, uh, you know couple minutes here, here in a little bit after we talk to Mans, but I would, not my official review. But I say in a world where Spencer Confidential is at the bottom and uh, Extracted is at the top, uh, I would say that uh, Old Guard is somewhere right in the middle. <laughs> somewhere right in the middle. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess what you know. Yeah, we'll get into our reviews in a little bit, but uh, potentially, like the difference between this and a Spencer Confidential, I feel like Spencer Confidential had a much more of a personality, where this one was like taking itself real serious as a movie, however, almost as ridiculous as a Spencer Confidential. So interesting. Right. We'll get into our official review shortly. However, well, I first guess. Time. For uh, kitschy questions, where we usually ask each other some kitschy questions here, but much like the last episode where uh, we saved our kitschy questions for Netta Ronner, this episode we're saving our uh, kitschy questions for our guest today, Michael Manzi. Yo, let me ask you. Kitschy questions. Kitschy All right, of course, that's Andre Davi with the Kitchy Questions. But uh, like we said, much like uh, last week that we had Netta on as our uh, expert, We've uh, had our guest on before as our Nick Cage expert, and now this time we're bringing him on as our Charlie's Theron expert. He's been on the show a couple times now. Welcome back to, uh, I guess, first time doing Netflix and chat. So welcome to the show, Mike Manzi. Manzi, welcome me aboard. Yeah, always great to see you guys. Am yep. I coming through? Is this good? I'm, I'm not used to Zoom. <laughs> I hope we're good. Yeah, you sound yes. all right. You sound all right. If we'll... Uh... We can take a minute to pause. It's not like Devin's uh, screen never froze up in the middle of a Netflix and chat <laughs> yeah. episode. So it's well, been I'm, I'm, but we, uh, like you said, I though, we're excited. I be happier to be chatting. 
<laughs> there we go. That's the attitude. But yeah, like you said, though, we're excited to get you on a Netflix and chat. As I guess the last, we had you on the five year anniversary special where we had all the guests and we were teasing potentially a Nick Cage, a Netflix Tiger King yeah. whole rumor. And maybe we'll get into Nick right. Cage later, I guess. But uh, we were talking uh, about how we'd love to get you on. And it was only a matter of time before there was a Netflix and Cage Club crossover here. <laughs> yeah, we've done enough uh, actors over at the Cage Club Network. At this point, we are bound to cross over yeah. sooner or later. And I guess True. that'll we give us a good uh, opportunity real quick to give uh, just a shout-out and a plug to Men's his whole podcast network and operations. Uh, I guess really the easiest way to just uh, check it out is cageclub.me, I would say. Yeah. And you're on all of the socials, correct? All, all your medias. Uh, your SoundCloud, is there any one particular you want to tell anybody about? or? Uh, well, I think I really like Spotify because you could just kind of type my name in and then every single show that I've ever appeared on okay. will just pop up there. Nice, so nice. Okay. I don't know if my phone has that much information I've done it to uh, see every podcast. <laughs> that's a great got, call, Devin, because... <laughs> I've got five years of geeked up on my phone clogging my... <laughs> And there's that, too. We, uh, but I guess uh, that is a good point for both of you because five years of Geeked Up, but as well as a, a, a whole lot of podcasts from Mans. As And again, he's part of the whole network now at cageclub.me that has other podcasts. The Foodies Films podcast is a cool one. There's X's for Pod, X-Men podcast. That's a cool one. But then Mans himself is the host for a whole number of kind of like serial watch podcasts where I guess, of course, all started with with Cage, Nick Cage. Yeah. But then it's mm-hmm. went to uh, uh, Keanu. You've recently, on the f- uh, five-year anniversary, you were telling us about the Tom Tom Club with Hanks and Cruz. Um, you've yeah. done the Monkey, Monkey in a Round with Mans, <laughs> no, as I'm, wait, as I'm no. hoping you called it. Wait, what? Monkey? That was Monkey Club, but that wasn't on that. But that's a great show. I oh, okay, it. I see. Wasn't Monkey Club where you serial that. watched monkey movies though? Am I wrong? No, that is that is a show on the network, okay, but yeah. I'm only a gu- I'm only a guest on the Planet of the Apes episode. Okay, uh, I see, I see. That wasn't I one was of the ones that you bad. hosted regularly. Okay, I got gotcha. you. You should have been on the uh, the Mighty Joe Young episode, shouldn't you have? Been yeah. Exactly, uh, I mean, yeah. What are the producers show... of that one thinking? I mean, come on, we easy layup there. there. They're on indefinite hiatus, unfortunately, but I'd love to talk Kong Skull Island someday, somewhere, somehow. <laughs> Some, we're always here for you, buddy. If you ever want to uh, host a Kong Skull <laughs> Island one, we could definitely. But I guess so with all of that, though, and then as we mentioned, in addition to uh, all of them except the monkey ones and a whole lot more, but we, uh, you have as well done the Charlize Theron. What was that one called? Charlize Club uh, or... So, yeah, there's kind of an interesting story behind that. It's called Watch the Throne because we are dumb and mispronounced our last name for, like, our entire lives. <laughs> so we figured out okay. until, like, right after we launched the show and had the artwork and everything ready to go. Uh, what did like, you think it is? Am, am I wrong? Is it Theron or were you pronouncing it? Well, the- it's Theron. It's Charlize Theron. Okay, so we thought it was Charlize Theron. And, like, I thought it was Charlie's Theron my entire life, pretty much, because yeah. I'm a dumb-dumb. Yeah, um, I mean, this is um, mind-blowing to me right now. Yeah, don't call yourself a dumb-dumb, because that makes me and Devin <laughs> dumb-dumbs. And we've been saying, uh... <laughs> I think but, Devin uh, called her Charlie earlier, by the way. I mean, it was... <laughs> uh, we're, we're cool like that. 
But yeah, yeah. Uh, we decided, like, you know, if nothing, we're committed. So we stuck with the name. We thought it was just funny just to keep the name anyway, go with it. And yeah. it was kind of a last-minute idea. We were going to do a Ben Affleck podcast. Uh, a way but, better choice to do, surely is. <laughs> yeah, some, there was some, some chatter in the media about him at the time, so we just, like, quickly transitioned over to the Charlize stuff, and it worked okay. out really well, I think. Yeah, she's got a very interesting career. Good call. There's no uh, video of Charlize Theron grabbing some old MTV VJ's tit from Kenya. <laughs> <laughs> Precisely. <laughs> and you don't have to watch uh, uh, nice uh, uh, 85 movies that take place in Boston either is a good... Uh... <laughs> yeah, yeah, that too. Man. But I guess, so as our Shirley's expert, as we like to do on the show, we often uh, give you quick little IMDb rundowns of the peeps yeah. and I've prepared a little bit of a Charlize list not quite as comprehensive as, as of course our Sandler or Spade where I'm giving you every single one but really I guess the big highlights of Charlize I'll maybe run through and uh, maybe give us your thoughts real quick on the movies or any particular yeah. ones but uh, I guess the first real big block uh, you know smash for her that she was in was Devil's Advocate and then oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Keanu yeah now when you did that i guess i'm gonna jump in for your show did you do like did you watch the movie twice did you do yep. one for the keanu club and <laughs> once for the Watson yeah no. yeah yeah and there was even talk of one time doing pacino and we're like we're just gonna watch that movie for every fucking actor <laughs> i mean it's a good movie anyway for i guess each different actor though do you like kind of focus more on like you watch yeah. like the charlie stare on one then you're focusing more of it as a charlie's throne movie Oh, yeah, absolutely. And like for something like Sweet November, which they're also in together, which is like this right. mental romantic comedy, like it's two completely different movies, depending on who you're focusing on character wise. Like if you're just following one of those people, like it's nuts. So nice. that was an interesting thing that came along doing uh, having to like uh, figure out a way to review the same movie twice. Is and there it, a movie that you have had to watch three times in your various podcast crossovers is two and i'm sure that's come up with more than just their uh charlize theron and keanu i'm sure you've had other crossovers with the uh, movies but is there a movie that you've had to watch uh, a third time between all of your various collabs i don't believe we have no i don't think it's ever gotten to that okay. level it will though uh, I mean, because you've got crossed. people that yeah, have, that, like, yeah, you know. That's the whole thesis right there, right? I mean, if another one PCU. right there, like, where uh, where it was another one for her pretty early, but had a million big names in it, but uh, a Legend of Bagger Vance had a lot of people oh. that could do Serial <laughs> Watch podcasts on, you know what I mean? Like, Is that the Matt Damon one, or the... That was That's the uh, golf one, yeah, with Will Smith. Yeah, and, yeah, Will Smith. Right, 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 yeah. 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 But I'd that say her first real, like, lead character breakout, I'd say, would be The Italian Job uh, in okay, 2003. Yeah. And then in the same year was The Monster, or Monster, which was, oh, of yeah. course, her, like, critical acclaim, uh, Oscar. I think she won the Oscar for that, right? Or at least nominated. Yeah. But uh, yeah. did she win? I, uh, yeah, didn't she win for that? I'm a terrible, so. I'm terrible at my job, but yeah, uh. <laughs> I'm pretty sure she did win for that. But it was like a you know an absolute critical smash. And then in 2004, kind of the same story with Eon Flux and North okay. Country. Which was not yeah. related to the Dylan, uh, the whole Dylan thing, much to my. But uh, that was the same thing. Where in the year it was like a blockbuster, as well as another. I think for North Country she was nominated, but that was another year where it was like a critical, you know, critical acclaim, as well as a high budget, you know, smash. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting how she's been able to sort of bounce between doing sort of these uh, heavy, heavy dramas like North Country or something like In the Valley of Ella with uh, Tommy Lee Jones. It's really great sort of crime procedural. And nice. then she'll go and do, you know, like Fury Road or, or you know, you mentioned the Italian I mean, job. I'm getting she, there. I'm getting to Fury Road. Uh, spoiler alert. Not just, but like, you know, on the subject of cars, she ends up in the Fast and Furious <laughs> franchise. And like, oh, Eon that's true Fox too. Yes. And, you know, it's all like she's all over the map, and yeah. it's really great. She I guess just uh, to this point on the list, though, before, I guess now at this point she's like a real star Hollywood, yeah. you know, headliner. Do you have like a fave of those, of that flock of movies there, you know, that portion okay. of her career? Because I feel like if I can butt in real fast, too, I feel like Liam's missing out on a bunch of good ones, like Reindeer oh. Games. Or, yeah. Uh, or, He's uh, hit. I think he's just Reindeer Games is definitely a, a good one. I, I did uh, forget that was with Affleck, actually, right? Mm-hmm. See, I'm not so an Affleck Two Days guy. Valley was like one of her first ones, and that movie's which one? Bonkers. Two Days in the Valley. See, I didn't know that oh, one, and I didn't know the other one that you just mentioned with Tommy Lee. So, so there's like two movies that I say people really need to watch. Uh, that I don't feel like anyone saw that we kind of discovered doing the show. And the first one is this movie from 2000 called The Yards. Um, it's, I don't know if you ever heard of it. It's a James Gray movie. James Gray just did Ad Astra. He's done the okay. Lost City of Ed. Uh, like the guy's an amazing filmmaker. So it's Charlize, Mark Wahlberg, and Joaquin Phoenix. And wow. it's like, it's like the young Godfather. Like it's amazing. Uh, I really like that movie a that lot. That was called Highly The Yard? Recommend. The Yards. Yeah. Okay. As in like, uh, like the train yards. Okay. So- uh, and then the other one is this comedy she fucking did. She did this thing called Waking Up with Reno. It's her, Patrick Swayze, Natasha Richardson, and Billy Bob Thornton on a road trip together. And wow. it's just like this sexually charged, like, four-way fiasco. Like, at first I hated it, and then I loved it. So, like, those are two during this period, I think, that people wow. need to check. Okay, very interesting. I guess one thing as well that I did kind of notice about her – for early in her career did she for uh, you know a south african you know native or whatnot did she do a lot of like did she do anything before like uh, you know so, big big from, stuff in the states because i think her first imdb credit was you know children of the corn or something that i was familiar with but <laughs> yeah. it was like devil's advocate was pretty early on into her reign so yeah like, i think from what i understand she was a model uh, like she was a very like from a very young age as well, like a teen model at, even, and kind of had this whole career before becoming an actress. And I think Waking Up in Reno was the first speaking role. She was in Children of the Corn Three, Urban Harvest, another great movie. Check it out. But <laughs> that like per- that performance, I think people were like, "Who the fuck is this person?" Like she was really fresh on the scene at that point, and. From the beginning, we noticed that if there was just like we need someone to be the wife or we need someone to be the young girlfriend, from that point on, it was kind of her in all the high-profile role movies. Yeah, you're right. Okay, She's definitely so... the girlfriend in like that thing you do. She's right. Like, okay, yeah. yeah. God's girlfriend. So she was started popping up in like all these very popular movies early on. Yeah. All right. Cool. Yeah, so then, I guess now, as like a big, you know, uh, a leading lady, The Road, uh, Prometheus. <laughs> Fury Road. Uh, yeah, Hancock. Hancock's Hancock. kind of relevant to tonight. Hancock. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. <laughs> Those, uh, uh, and then I guess that was kind of – then she took a hiatus at some point. But uh, 
uh, and then kind of in more recent years, and again, uh, Devin, hop in if I'm missing any big ones, because then in recent years... We've got, you know, Atomic Blonde, she, uh, which was another action lead. There was the uh, uh, Netflix Sandler movie that we missed, but Murder Mystery that she was That's in. She was in that? Is she credited? Because I missed that too. Oh, okay, no, that might have just been a credit or something because she was on the, yeah. that was on the list. And I was, uh, me and Devin were talking about how we hadn't watched that Sandler one. But uh, there was Gringo, that weed pill movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. Long <laughs> Shot with uh, Seth Rogen recently. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Long Shot. Uh, uh, She's and- done a lot more like that dramatic, like Tully and Bombshell. Like, it feels like after Fury Road, she might have wanted to take a rest and stuff. And then now it seems like she's back she's into the action. Great flick. And I thought you might have mentioned it in your like, must watch Charlie Sterons. But like, Young Adult is. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Outstanding. Killer movie. Pat Oswald is killer in it too. Uh, but it's a uh, it's one of those movies. I forget. I was tricked into watching it, and then came away, and I was like, "Man, I really like that flick." Nice. Yeah. What's that yeah. one all about? Uh, she goes back to. It's like a high school reunion flick, kind of. Well, she goes back to her hometown after being a successful author, and realizes she's still like a horrible person to everybody. <laughs> For sure. Uh, but it's the... very. It's good. Yeah. Okay. Cool. What was that one called? The... Because I'm writing uh, these down. Adult. I've got a lot of time on my hands. So. What was that? And one? then Sully was also written by – who's that? Uh, I always forget her, the screenwriter. Um, but same screenwriter. Which one, Tully? You know, yeah, who wrote like Juno and um, – Oh, United okay, States I see. Tara. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, what Tully was another like one that got a lot of critical uh, critical success as well. I didn't see that one, but – I can't believe none of us are mentioning uh, Mad Max, Fury Road. No, yeah, yeah. I mentioned Fury Road. That was with oh, Prometheus. You? That was right at the same you. time with okay. like because Prometheus was the Alien reboot, right? Where it was like she was yeah. you know, in the Prometheus same year she was in, or in a couple movie. years she was in Prometheus and uh, in the Mad Max, you know, franchise. And so, Mad Max, honestly, I would say she is the star of that movie. Like it's called Mad Max, but stupid, uh, what's his face, Tom Hardy doesn't have a line to like. An hour and a half into the film, and goes yeah, well, that, Liam, when I was talking about my overrated podcast, Tom Hardy's definitely okay. I say uh, the overrated well, list. Well, yeah. it's funny how like the character Max Rockatansky, if you want his full name, is that uh, Mad Max? Is no wonder why he goes by Mad Max. Although the <laughs> Rocket Rockatowski, he's got a good Rockatansky, uh, Rockatansky, <laughs> like rock that tan, man. So. He barely talks throughout his every movie he's in. He hardly talks at yeah, all. Gibson I feel. Never no, that's it. for sure. Road Warrior. I think it's like the movie goes like 17, 18 minutes in before there's any spoken dialogue. Yeah, and there's I think they're growling. There's some big goof being like, but <laughs> yeah, as far as dialogue goes, there's like not a <laughs> yeah, lot. There's of, lots of like, lots 20 of minutes or something in the film. It's wild. So I think they're they're turning that franchise into the Furioso franchise, but they're going to do like a prequel now. So I don't think she's going to play Furioso again, at least not for now, which is okay. Interesting. Yeah, but that's that a, is definitely that's like one of my favorite movies, like favorite franchises. Like I love that stuff. Mm-hmm. Now, I guess in more recent years as well, one of the ones we haven't mentioned, and I think it's just from uh, last year, and a real star-studded cast. I did not, however, see Bombshell. Either one of you guys. That was with Nicole Kidman, right? And uh, yeah, but Margot, Margot Robbie. Robbie. Yeah, yeah. Was playing uh, Megan Kelly in that one too. Which the is big like, okay, Fox yeah. News. Um, yeah. 
you know, sexual abuse scandal and everything. I saw it in theaters, but I have to tell you. <laughs> That's a big screen. That's an opening was, night IMAX. It, uh, no, no, but 3D. it was a double featured. It was a double feature day. It was the last double feature I've been to since the movies closed, but I had just seen Cats. Oh, wow. So I go from cats, cats to, to bombshell, bombshell, and I'm still in like PTSD mode. I'm still shaking a little well, bit, you know. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, it's gonna take a, it's really gonna take a couple married. months of a quarantine to get over the cats yeah. bombshell. Now, how was yeah, it? Was it Oscar bait here? Are we? I think she actually was the was her Oscar term last year. Did she? Uh, she was nominated last year, I think, for bombshell actually. But it was yeah, uh, was it was yeah. good one or she she did she dominate so, the screen compared to I Kidman was, and Moga Robbie? I thought it was a good I thought it was a good movie. I think that's the last movie we actually reviewed on our program. Uh, we have to play catch up a little uh, with this movie and Adam's family. But I liked. I think her performance is amazing. It's. Um, you know, it's like this office procedural. It's a really strange sort of behind-the-scenes kind of like uh, reporter movie. I don't know really know how to classify it. It, it reminds me a little bit of like the uh, the anti all the president's men in a lot of ways, or something, yeah, or, yeah. or like or like not the post. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, 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 yeah. one of those kinds of things. Like maybe more like network. Or yeah, I was going like to say that. a little. Uh... I mean, to yeah. me, it's got John Lithgow playing a scumbag. So I'm in. <laughs> yeah, is, I mean, that's uh... lecherous. Yeah. Um, but so you said that was the last one you did. So you haven't done the old guard yet, huh? Correct. Well, this is a really recent film. I wasn't even aware that it was coming out. It just kind of dropped out of nowhere from where I was standing. Too much. So, like, yeah. everybody's been talking about it as well. It's been me and Devin. We've been talking about uh, uh, to catch you up on the show, but it got an 80% on Rotten Tomatoes, so the people really enjoyed it. Me and Devin, however, eh, not so much. Felt a little bit of uh, some right. plot holes, you know. Um, I'm putting it in between. I, uh, I was telling Liam that we've watched uh, for the Netflix and Chat so far, at least for action movies, we've watched uh, Spencer Confidential and we've <laughs> watched uh, Extraction. And I'm saying in a world of Extraction and Spencer Confidential, the old guard falls right in the middle. <laughs> definitely better than in the meaty yeah, part of the curve. With a... but Who's I... on the top and the bottom of that sandwich? Extraction is on the very top. I okay. thought that. I was blown away. Did not expect that movie to be what it was and was pleasantly surprised. And uh, Spencer Confidential, it was exactly what I thought it was going to be, but worse. Oh, no. <laughs> but somehow more Boston accents, which is yeah, hard to do. Uh, if you haven't seen it, watch it just for, like, the sheer, like, insanity. I mean, Mans is a couple years ahead of us. Are you familiar with Spencer Confidential as, like, an 80s TV thing? Because me and Devin were not. We had no, no idea what it was. No. Okay, I, I, I Of all the things that have come back from the past, like, that does not ring a bell. <laughs> yeah. Dude, Who knew? So we had never heard of it either, but. Spencer Confidential show, and then there's a spinoff show from, like, his sidekick, like, Hall. <laughs> yeah, I forgot. Has, like, two seasons of his own show. There's, yeah, like, eight yeah. TV movies. It was mind-blowing to figure it out, but the movie is just, as someone like yourself that watches tons of these movies and see kind of, like, these things, literally just write an action movie checklist, and you can, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Every, like, action movie stereotype. Yeah, it was almost movie like Mad a scary Lips. movie of a, uh, so how yeah, how we, about uh, we call it movie Mad Libs over sometimes over on my show, nice. especially my show Third Times a Charm because we're at the third movie in the franchise. Uh, yes. just, they're just like 
furiously trying to fill yeah. in the blanks with any verb or adjective possible. For sure. How do we get a crazy, money-hungry scientist involved? Okay, we'll call him Merrick, and he'll be the guy that sets up uh, Copley, I guess, to get oh us into to get us I, into the old guard. Uh, uh, how about you give everybody your thoughts? Me and Devin have already sure. given our kind of... We haven't given our official review yet, and we'll get your review uh, right. before you go, but what were your overall kind of feelings and thoughts as somebody who just watched The Old Guard? Right. Okay, so first I just got to say, like, I was... I'm, you know, I think, like, most of us, I'm just starving for new movies, like, new, cool-looking action movies, and this looked like something at first glance that I'd be excited to go see in the theater, like the new Charlie's action flick, like sounds pretty awesome based off a graphic novel. All right. Sure. Um, I was kind of underwhelmed to be quite honest. Like I'm pretty glad I got to watch it from home uh, at the end of the day. (laughs) That's funny enough. That's a normal kitschy questions question that I I was going to ask you later. Would you go to the theater? So you're ahead of us there, but yeah, no, you definitely, you would have been upset if you paid the 15 bucks for that one, huh? Oh, I, I was just underwhelmed. Like, I was expecting it. Um, I mean, quality-wise, like, it looks great. It plays fine, but it just kind of is a little rote. And it focuses on things that I've seen a hundred times where there's all this stuff that it could explore that it chooses not to, you know? And I think it just doesn't know how to spend its time very well. And it gets a little convoluted. I think there's a few too many characters and uh, it's a bit on the longer side for what story is trying to tell. Yeah. Uh, now, no, and you're I, right there, there are, about uh, uh, there's definitely they're co- they're covering ground that's been covered a million times, like you said. However, they're doing it in like a unique enough kind of angle where there is opportunity for you know uh, uh, for something new in the field of like immortal warriors. But they choose to go through the same like Mad Libs kind of thing, like you said, where it's just like a lot of these same action movie kind of things that happen, but. You know, yeah, but like, it, you but it's not incapable of being something different because it's close enough to being like original and unique. But yeah, and like you were saying too, I think to me too, like them just like I've been saying it over and over, them just having like the Wolverine powers uh, isn't enough. They definitely like have a psychic bond. Like they're definitely magical to some extent. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was saying earlier too, they even like imply at one point later on where um, what's his face uh, Copley is like has this whole diagram of like them through history and like the way he's explained what they did. He's like, she saved this man. And then a hundred years later, his grandson like came up with the cure for polio. And I was like, wait, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> like, this whole thing works. Like, 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 coincidence. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if that's one of the things where it's like, did we really need that again? Like that this guy cracked the conspiracy of the immortals. Like I, it, he seems like kind of redundant in a lot of ways. Like we already have the mad scientist. Just make him the guy who figured it out. That like they kind of worked in the new Shazam movie where the guy was trying to figure yeah. out magic and he was also the main bat. Like, yeah, scientist. yeah. Like, no, it that's can true. Work. That's a little bit of cool little twist on it. Um, but yeah, like I was kind of bummed with the immortal stuff as well. Like they're just a bunch of Wolverines kind of running around. And even with that, when they tried to tell like Wolverine origins, they didn't even tell that. Like, yeah, great call. They never gave you you any establishing of how or why it was just very random that they got it. And very random that conveniently when the plot called, they need that it, that it ended and like, well, someday we'll just randomly not be immortal, you know, after, yeah. I mean, there's a ton of loopholes, too. Like, yeah, for sure. The fact of just, like, uh, you know, you're immortal like, until you're not. And then 
the other thing too is that like you dream of each other when you're not together right so mm-hmm. obviously they would have had to stop having nightmares about the lady drowning the second she got free wouldn't they like she's all sneaky <laughs> hey, hey i'm back like shouldn't everybody be like hey she's in a hotel yeah. right now all have that same dream yeah, I mean, I yeah. guess that was uh, kind of one of my takeaways by bringing her back at the end, and it gets us into another kitschy question that me and Devin always ask ourselves, but I just felt like that was just such a setup of like the sequel and franchise potential that this movie seems to feel it has. You know, it has. Mm-hmm. And me and Devin uh, were saying that that scene really felt like it would have been a post-credit scene or should have been a post-credit scene when uh, Q, uh, uh, Quinn or whatever her name was came back. But uh, what do you feel about, like, the franchise or the sequel? And Devin did mention, I think, that it is officially uh, uh, has been picked up for a sequel, correct? Yeah, it's already been greenlit for a sequel. Okay, so they'll officially be a number two. But I felt that they were kind of going for franchise opportunity. Which, in my book, it was kind of like like we're saying. They're setting up. They're this vague, like, realistic superheroes put into a more realistic world, put into more realistic applications of a superhero all right cool and unique but they don't establish any of the above or whatnot so it's like in terms of a franchise what do you see or a sequel are we excited what do we uh what do we have going next for the old guard franchise (laughs) well i think uh now that i know what they're going for like there's definitely potential to explore some stuff like for sure um you know, this is the new girl story, right? Like that's her origin story. The 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 military girl who gets mm. the powers, right? Like this is yeah. her movie, like, and that's I didn't. I was expecting it to be like Charlize Theron throughout history being a badass and shit. <laughs> and so I think now they can tell more of those kinds of things in in sequels. They could sort of prequelize parts of it. You know, yeah, flash call. further back. I wasn't really thinking of Charlize in the Civil War, but you're right. That's definitely... <laughs> like, I don't necessarily to need to see her in the Civil War, but, like, <laughs> I do want to see more of these immortals interacting throughout time. Like, I think that is where they should really focus more. I think we've seen enough of this. It's still... They're stuck in sort of, like, the Matrix, you know? Like, they're all wearing black with heavy machine guns doing lots of kung fu. Yeah. And, like, and they're not very happy right. with life. Like, they're not love, They're not like yeah. vampires that are, yeah, like, loving the fact that they're... They don't want to be immortal. And yeah. I, think, I think a very cool hook was how Charlize is still alive but doesn't have that power anymore. So now she's sort of, you know... Maybe she's more of like the Nick Fury of the group or something. At this well, point. no, I mean, I think Copley was definitely the Fury of the group. I oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, at the end, so for easy. sure. Like, hey, you tricked us. Will you be our leader now? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> the other thing, too, and I want to see if you want to agree with me on that. Can we agree that Merrick, the villain of the film, really wasn't that bad of a guy besides being, like, greedy? Like, his end game was to make, like, a pill to help people? And they were all just like, no. It's funny because that's like that. I, I I just ran into that in like two different things. One one was like a, a Star Trek movie where like an alien wanted to like kill this race because they had regenerative powers to benefit the rest of like the galaxy, right? And he's like, "What does it matter if we destroy one planet to save everyone else?" Uh, and it's just like with the moral conundrum. Yeah, and it's just like so easy, right? Like I feel like they could have gone further and made him more of a sadistic bastard. Like For sure. I would have, yeah. I, like I just watched Sense Eight, and there's a really great villain in that who goes beyond just being sort of this for-profit 
medical guy, right? Like he's really sick and like wants to dissect things for fun. And that would have been a nice sort of push, yeah. you yeah, know? For sure. I mean, I think Merrick's biggest problem was just his goofy face. And they were like, no, I don't trust that guy. <laughs> um, and the other thing too, yeah. like I was saying, his greed in it was just that like, you know, the one guy who betrayed him all already wanted to like die anyway. He could have easily just turned himself into the scientist and been like, hey, man, just like use me. But stupid man, <laughs> dude, totally. Like, no, I need every yeah. one of them. No, you don't. You Can we start with this guy at least? Can we like come yeah, to that conclusion serious. after 20 really years of work in. on this guy? Like, yeah, there's a lot of weird plot. Like you say, like there's tons of plot holes and things yeah, for yeah. convenience. Let me run one by you that really like I've kind of found like unforgivable. Um, so we do get flashbacks of Charlize and like her betrothed, like her love of her life, right? And they're like these two badass women warriors kicking ass through time. And then suddenly they're caught at the Salem witch trials. Like they can't fight their way out of Salem, Massachusetts. <laughs> call. I didn't put that what together. The, but like, yeah. uh, the Quakers got us again. <laughs> Seriously. Like how the hell did that happen? Like that to me was like, no, no, no. Like you got to figure out yeah. something. If the that's mongrels the book, and Vikings ain't got shit on the Quakers. God damn it. That's... Yeah. Cause it seems like you've got to behead right. one of these fuckers before their powers run out right yeah. like you got to keep a head in a jar over here and their body in a coffin over there that's, and hope, like they yeah, don't yeah. that's yeah, what i always cool. think of too man is that like i thought they might have gone the highlander route because then they're like well we're kind of immortal i was like oh unless you chop their head off they're like nope sometimes you just die <laughs> yeah exactly yeah, yeah they, just... they kind of hint that there can only be a couple at a time but not really it's like if you're yeah. gonna if you're going to at least bring that up, like, let's explore that more. Maybe in the sequels. We'll and it also wasn't like... even, like, aged-based necessarily because the one one of the warriors that did die was uh, younger than Charlize when he died. Right. When his time correct. came or yes, whatever. You know correct. what I mean? So it was like – and they definitely should have established, I felt, that a lot more of them had died over the years. You know what I mean? And these were, like, the particular mm-hmm. – it was just like, all right, so, like, uh, a couple thousand years ago, Theron uh, is immortal – you know, uh, 700 years after that, the uh, couple is immortal, then 1812, and now in 2020. It's just like, throughout the course of history, there should be that at least 100 the of these assholes, and these are the four I that are, you know. Too, was that, like, how rare this is supposed to be. There's only, like, four or five of them. Yet to Nikki and Joe were, like, at the same place at the same time fighting each other. And the well, like, oh, we're both yeah. immortal. Should we fuck? We killed each <laughs> well, other. Funny story about our relationship. Well, We're actually mortal like, warriors. Killed each other in the house. Yeah, we briefly mentioned Hancock way back a while, and like I feel like that movie ran into similar issues where you have this group of immortal heroes throughout time. It wasn't just Will Smith and Charlize. They're like we're just the last two. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And like you know, in like the 1940s, they go to see Frankenstein, and Will Smith loses, gets assaulted, and loses his memory, and she kind of backs off. But the whole point of that is you can't. Like the closer you're together, the weaker you are. So they had to sort of spread out and, and be by themselves. And there's sort of like an interesting built in solitude to Hancock. And yeah, that yeah, for kinda, sure. you know, you empathize with someone like that who's like in self isolation and stuff. That like even if he's a drunk bastard, you still want to see him reform in some way like that. And I felt like these these guys, the old guard, like, what do I, I don't really, why am I supposed to really care? Like, yeah, until until like the very end when he's like, you saved a life that saved a life that saved a life. It's yeah. like, well, very randomly. And, with yeah. that, and like, that's yeah. so random, too. Like, couldn't they just be like, hey, you saved Albert Einstein one time? Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like, 
Why does exactly. it have to be like Albert have to be Einstein's such a... grandfather? Yeah, like, yeah just call but it out. Talking right. about yeah. It's so, like I mean, because of you, note, we had though, Barack Obama. Uh... Like yeah, you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And like, I mean, I guess we've not because they're getting handed out missions it makes no sense yeah so i guess on that note though we've uh we've covered a lot of our plot holes and all and uh, uh your general things do you have like an official review that you want to give us for your thoughts sure. on the old guard yeah so so a good site i like to use that i log all my screenings on is letterboxd i don't know if you two are familiar with that but that's like a really great site and you can rate it review it you know, see what everybody else thinks of it is uh, all that kind of stuff. And I gave it a, I actually gave it three stars on that site, three out of five stars. So like, three out of five. Wow. Believe, yeah. Well, I'll explain why. I think part of it is because I'm kind of starved for content. Okay. Like there's okay. definitely that fell into the mix. Part of it is what is here. It's not that it's, it's not bad. Like, they didn't fuck up any of the shots you know what i'm saying like as a production it looks great it feels like a feature like that is very true and you've said it a couple times it does look great it does hold weight as like a blockbuster hollywood movie i didn't necessarily enjoy it there is some plot holes blah 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 but you're right in terms of like accomplishing looking and feeling like a, a, a bigger than life kind of production you know yeah but i just feel like i personally have seen too much of this stuff like it's 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 underworld during the day. Like it's a lot of that kind of same leather clad kicking ass secret in the, you know, in the underworld shadows. during the day is a great, it's a great way to put it. <laughs> and I love underworld. Yeah, I love no, for sure. but best, like, best, a, a, a dish best served after 11 PM for sure. I'm the king of backhanded compliments sometimes. Like I just don't know where they come from, but you know, I think, I think other people will enjoy this more than I did. And I still it kept my attention and, you know, it was more of a snack than a meal. So, you know, it, it's, it just kind of sure, felt interesting. a little flat for me. Yeah, you yeah, know? for sure. I just, yeah. We'll get into ours in a minute, me and Devin, but that was definitely, uh, uh, you're covering some of the grounds. I definitely felt the same thing where it was, you know, held my attention, looked good, uh, uh, you know, however, plot holes and whatnot. So some ups and downs, but not, you know, abysmal, but. How about yeah, Devin? not have unwatchable any... by any means, Definitely right? Me. Do you have any uh, anything else from hands here, Dev? Before we uh, before we yeah, say I goodbye, we have covers all the uh, that covers all, the all of our Shalees there on stuff. Do we have any breaking? You are as well our Nick Cage, a resident Nick Cage expert. Do we have any Nick Cage talk that we need to get out? Well, Do we have any well, Tiger Liam, King you're... answers? What's this Liam, crazy you... movie where he plays himself in a world where he's being murdered well, or something? <laughs> I mean, here's the thing about Cage, right? It's like last year around this time, I was really worried because he had not released a movie yet. And, and and then last time in 2019, we got a movie in August, September, October, November, <laughs> December, <laughs> January. Okay? Like he was on a fucking streak. Now it's a drought again. So I'm just got my fingers crossed for at least one new Cage release. I know like one or two are at least like in post-production or finished he did like a five nights at freddy type movie where he's locked in a like um like a chuck e cheese after dark and the yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Wanna, i really want to see that one really really bad i've so, seen the tra- i've seen trailers or uh, i've heard of that one anyway is that the one where what's the one where he's playing nick cage i think that that might be that one so that's a i don't know much about that if that started filming yet but that's sort of 
supposed to come out next year okay, where yeah he i think the idea is like he might have to reenact scenes from his movies to yeah, something to crazy save, like save that. the world or save his life or something <laughs> Very nice something crazy like that well uh i'm giving that one a mandy scream as uh the netflix and chat <laughs> audience would know but i guess but, on that uh, note though we should say, uh, uh if you uh, you know, if you need uh, two uh, guests for the uh, old guard uh, watching the Theron episode. Oh well, I mean, yeah. I followed this bill, so uh, yeah, you we, know, we two could guys that have uh, watched it, so like we could uh, we could talk, but like, so my show, Third Times a Charm, I'm actually thinking about shuttering that by next year, and I definitely want to get you guys on that show. I've got a couple selections I picked out, nice. especially for you guys. That we can talk about <laughs> off the air, but like, yeah, yeah for sure, got to definitely do more. I mean, we love, uh, uh, especially Devin over there is our resident franchise guy. So we love yeah, yeah, yeah. the, we love right, lots of right movies about the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> You'll love running something into the ground as exactly, much as yeah. I do. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Squeeze it for every bit it's worth. But uh, uh, all right, so I guess with that, we will say goodbye to Mans. Thanks again so much. We'll definitely uh, uh, be on the lookout for all the great stuff on CageClub.me. And uh, check them out. Mike Manzi, search Spotify, all your other platforms. Yeah, man. Always a pleasure having you on, dude. It's always uh, Thanks, guys. Nice your expertise on the subject. I love it. I appreciate it very much. Thanks, guys. Thanks, right, Diamond. Thank you. So deuces indeed, Manzi. Uh, <laughs> thanks again for being on the show. Big shout out to Andre Davio. I mean, Mike Manzi. <laughs> well, I guess both. <laughs> uh, but... So that was our kitschy questions with special guests, and that would leave us only for one thing, and that's our official review of the film. Uh, Liam's got a lot to set up, so I'll let him go first here. All right, all right, and I'll pick up as well because I was just saying that uh, uh, I'll piggyback on some of the stuff that Mans was saying, but of course I give it my four-point audio scale where uh, uh, I guess if I absolutely hated it, I give it the Nick Cage horror scream from Mandy. If I uh, if I didn't like it, I of course give it the David Allen Greer, Damon Wayne's Men on Films hated it. Hated it. Uh, uh, if I liked it, uh, of course I give it the stone cold hell yeah. Hell yeah! And, oh yeah, brother. And if I really, really liked it, I of course give it the Rudy's dad. This is the most beautiful sight these eyes have ever seen. And as we talk about uh, Rudy's dad, uh, rarefied, rarefied air, uh, Defive Bloods being my only uh, uh, Rudy's dad in the last, you know, year plus. Uh, uh, Devin, of course, snuck one in for Stranger Things Season 3. However, uh, uh, for the old guard starring Charlize Theron, I'm not going quite Rudy's dad, I'll say. But uh, this one for me took little debate. I'm My giving mind it... would have been blown, by the way. You were like, <laughs> you guessed it. Yeah. Love I mean, I love, like I say, I love setting you up. I love pretending that I don't like it. Then, <laughs> but uh, uh, I, this one was a pretty easy one for me. I'm giving it a very, very solid David Allen Greer, Damon Wayne's. Hated it. Hated it. 
Makes and, sense. Makes sense. And I guess to kind of piggyback on some of the stuff that men said, I guess to really the only part of the debate was whether this thing was going to get Nick Cage horror screamed. Okay, but uh, <laughs> like Manzi said, though, in all honesty, there was something very watchable about it. I actually was engaged for the two hours, and I was really, you know, like if I was watching this not as part of a podcast, as is part of my criteria, I would have felt that I was like pot invested enough to finally to just finish this one off. You know what I mean? I would have been like, all right, I'm finishing this one. And I didn't hate it enough to the point where it was like driving me to the brink of, of flirting with turning it off. It was just a lot of plot holes, same stuff we've kind of seen before, a good movie that could have been better, not really executed properly, like all of that kind of stuff. Uh, uh, put it in uh, uh, hated it territory, uh, not Nick Cage horror scream territory. And anything, you know, above, however, would have been ridiculous, to, you know, sure. to give us a positive review. But so yeah. all in all, a pretty easy, solid hated it for uh, for right. me, for the old guard. Hated it. Gotcha. Gotcha. I guess to come in with my review, then, uh, if you remember the last episode, I'm trying my new thing. Uh, last episode, I kind of took a page out of Liam's book and uh, did different sound bites to... Uh, express my opinions about this movie uh last week i did it all it was a will ferrell movie so i did all will ferrell sound bites and yeah. this one interesting is- to see where we're going here are we doing all theron <laughs> clips uh, or is a charlie's theron action movie so i gotta bring it back to the uh action star himself these are gonna be all arnold schwarzenegger <laughs> okay uh, nice I mean, I guess we did rule Charlize the female Arnold earlier on in this fucking movie, so... <laughs> I mean, the leading that. lady of action films deserves the all-time action... That's right, the all-time action reviewer. So, uh, if I didn't like the movie, <laughs> if I hated it, just didn't like it, then, uh, you know, it, it was bad, but at least it's, uh, it's not a tumor. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a tumor. <laughs> all right, all right. All right now, I, that's a very logical one. That's a very. If I uh, liked it, I'm going to, uh, you know, I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to, much like he says in The Predator, stick around. Yeah. Stick around. <laughs> stick around. <laughs> so, uh, so that's if I liked it. I'm going to stick around. Uh, if I absolutely loved it. Um, maybe I'll watch it more than once. That's right. I've watched it once, but don't worry because I'll be back. I'll be back. <laughs> this is that's the absolute uh, height of it. Is that's I'll be highest, back. Highest, highest. I'll, be, I'll back. be back for uh, uh, many more old guards to come if I give it, and an I'll be back. Uh, really uh, hacking off your thing. If I absolutely hated it, it's just this montage of Arnold Schwarzenegger screaming. <laughs> oh! And this is kind of the end, so that's my criteria this episode, the uh, four emotions of Arnold. Uh, And kind of like what Liam said, uh, it's definitely not getting a stick around or an I'll be back. It's uh, definitely between the screaming and the uh, it's not a tumor. I feel like now I kind of see what you're talking about of this is kind of a tough list because I kind of wish I could go back 
because it's. I think I did the uh, absolutely hated it for uh, Eurovision. And I wish I could go back because I'm giving this one a. I just hated it. It's not. It was. It was bad, but at least it's not a tumor. It's not a tumor. <laughs> it's not a tumor. <laughs> it would be the equivalent to your uh, hated it. You know. Uh, yeah. And what more can I say? I mean, uh, would I have watched this movie had it not been for the podcast? Probably not. Maybe one day if I was like super bored. But having watched it, like the, some of the action scenes were all right. Uh, it was a little long. It was longer. The huge plot holes, though, and just like the extra powers and magic and the not bad villain, is really uh, kind of took me out of it. No, I what think that your clip might honestly be the perfect clip because it's not bad. It's not tear. It's just it's not a tumor. You know, that's yeah, really what this thing is. Like that's yeah, its most yeah. redeeming quality. It's not a tumor. It's like if, somebody, but, if you ask somebody about this, would they, well, it's not worth watching. It's not terrible, but that now that I have watched it, even if we weren't doing it for the podcast, but like I'm definitely gonna watch the sequel when it comes out. <laughs> you know, it's uh, I'm committed to it now. I want to see if there's okay. Uh, well, relation to this, uh, and I think man's just right. I'm definitely expecting a uh, a Charlize Theron standalone movie, and then a uh, uh, old guard cinematic universe. All of them together movie. The we'll Adventures see. of Booker while he's in exile. I mean, uh, it's right in itself, but let's get the geeked yeah. up, boys. We can do a better job. But. Yeah. but we've watched worse on the show, but we definitely watched better. So, yeah, it's not a tumor. It's not a tumor. <laughs> but I guess with that, that's our official reviews. Again, one of those times where me and Liam agree. Uh, we both yeah. don't like it. And um, I think and last we, week I gave it a little bit more than you did, but the yeah, last couple of weeks, uh, Five Bloods, we both loved. Uh, we've been on the same page, right. I think, pretty much since Extraction, which was the last act. And I was kind of thinking of, about that uh, uh, in this during this movie was that I'm just generally not necessarily the action guy sometimes. So I was wondering how me and you were going to fare. So it's good to see me win as well as Men's. Who gave it, although three out of five, man, that's a two out of five if I ever heard one. <laughs> but yeah, he's a nice yeah. guy, so he gave it three. But uh, uh, all of us pretty much on the same page. Yeah, agreed, agreed. And so I guess with that, it only leaves us with one more thing to do, and that's to find out what's in the box. What's in the box? And like we've been doing, we've been uh, golden ticketing uh, these things. This one, believe it or not, was my choice. I actually wanted to watch this film. I said, we should watch it. <laughs> so but, now uh, it's my turn to drop right, a golden ticket on us. And uh, like Devin was saying, sometimes I'm not the action guy. Sometimes I, I get the indie art screenings at the IFC. However, with that being closed down, I was not able to attend a Tribeca Film Festival this year, all right? which was a big bummer, uh, in all honesty, during the quarantine. However, they did a good job releasing a lot of stuff online and whatnot. Uh, and one of the big stories from uh, this year's Tribeca Film Festival has uh, recently been premiered on Netflix. So we're going to be watching a, uh, a little indie. However, it's in Polish. <laughs> so my really not much of a reader philosophy is going to come in. But it was actually the winner of the foreign narrative 
narrative uh, at the Tribeca Film Festival, and it's a, uh, like I mentioned, a Polish film. It's called The Hater, and it's getting a lot of talk right now, kind of being like a, a, it kind of looks into social media, kind of trolling, and like, uh, uh, I guess, using social media for negative powers, and all sorts of shit goes off, which I guess is parallel to uh, a lot of stuff that has happened recently in Poland, as well as all over the world. So it's getting a lot of talk more just for its socio-relevance for that, the look into... so, And I guess kind of like the old guard, it's kind of, you know, in like a parallel reality to contemporary life in uh, 2019 or 2023, depending on what leap year we're in. Gotcha. <laughs> so gotcha. so uh, all in all, uh, I don't know much. I can't give you an actor. I can't give you a director. However, it is called uh, The Hater. And right. it is a Polish indie film that uh, uh, won the Tribeca Film Festival. I'm sorry. What's that, buddy? No, no superpowers, nothing? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Who knows? But uh, I don't what's believe the, so. Uh, I think this is... What's the Polish version of Hated It? Gaskin News. <laughs> I know. We're, the real question is who's going to be our resident Pole uh, uh, <laughs> on, the, on the show? But we have, I guess, a couple weeks because uh, next week we'll probably be back in Coronaville. With a right. lot of stuff going on in Corona. We're not going to be out of it. Yeah, that's, that's true. So, uh, yeah, keep a lookout for that. I guess we're watching The Hater next for the next Netflix and chat. Yeah, not The Hated It, but The Hater. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Spoiler alert. The and, it's the, and, it's the Bill, and it's the Bill biopic, The Hater. It's all about Bill Hater and how he became so hilarious. Yeah, and for some reason it's in Polish. And spoiler alert, uh, I'm going to be using that joke next week. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, with that, uh, I guess, uh, so we'll be watching The Hater. Check out the newest episode of Life in Coronaville coming out soon. Uh, and big thanks again to uh, Mike Manzi for being on the show. Always, like I said, always a pleasure having you on, man. Yeah, so, for sure. With Check that, out cageclub.me. Mm-hmm. And then with that, I'm Devin Barnes. That's Liam Whalen. Why don't you go ahead and take it away, Billy Ocean? <laughs> yeah, I'd rather be a lover than a fighter. Some of my life I've been fighting. Never felt a feeling of comfort All this time I've been lying And I never had someone to come on Oh, nah, I'm so used to shit Love only left me alone But I'm at one with the silence I found peace in your vibes Can't show me there's no point in trying I'm at one and I've been quiet for so long. Oh. Hey! It's time to get geeked up. Woo! What's up, y'all? This is Mr. Woo Baby himself, Andre Davi. You're listening to the Geeked Up Podcast on SoundCloud. Yeah, I'm still taking those episode 10 emails, y'all. Woo! Music and gaming, you know what I'm saying. Comic books and tech, stuff you ain't up on.